stay up to date on the green and gold all off season. The green and gold fix podcast is brought to you by Potawatomi casino hotel, luxury stay, elite play unwind in sophisticated comfort, win big dine and experience the events in Milwaukee. on this one because I root for people okay and so whether it's Dick Bennett and Tony Bennett or Mike Sherman and Zach Taylor oh, by the way uh, Mike Sherman's still you know always always an on time like very detailed cat uh, he called me and said what kind of operation are you running and I basically just sold you out and I said well you know Wildy Long-winded, can't get to break It was Homer. Time. You were arguing uh, with Homer. I'm just telling you, I'm what taking shrapnel. What kind of a teammate are you? No, I'm taking shrapnel, and I threw you under the bus. Just so you know. Uh, well, now, now, so we've gone from him complaining about not being on time to now having him. So joining us, joining his... Well, let me put it this way. Joining his favorite player that he ever coached and joining his favorite beat writer that ever covered his team. Flanagan's here? <laughs> Flanagan is hosting the show? And That's Bob McGinn. It's crazy. Flanagan and McGinn. Joining Flanagan and McGinn now. It is former Packers head coach and the father-in-law of Zach Taylor, the coach of the Super Bowl-bound Cincinnati Bengals. It is Mike Sherman. Hi, Mike. How are you? That's quite the introduction. Thank you very much. I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm used to things being on time, but uh, I'll make an exception because of the two of you guys. (laughs) So Tausch really threw me under the bus, even though it wasn't my fault we were late. You don't want excuses. You just want on-time calls. No, that's so typical of you to deflect, uh, just like you've always done, but that's okay. We'll, We'll work through it. All right, so let's work through your emotions for this week because uh, having coached as many games as you have in your coaching career, uh, what has it been like to watch your son-in-law, Sarah's husband, Zach Taylor, have the success that the Bengals have had, and is it hard for you as a coach yourself to not be constantly thinking about what calls you'd make or whether you'd challenge a questionable referee's call. What is it like for you as a proud father-in-law to be watching the games that you're not actually able to coach? Well, uh, I'll tell you, for the last couple of years, I really haven't watched uh, them very much because uh, of the, you know, the outcomes haven't been uh, what we would have liked, and it's just been hard. So, uh, but this year, this year, uh, (laughs) this year, I watched more games than I've uh, I've watched collectively uh, in the last couple of years, and 
uh, really the second half of the season, I started to tune in a lot more. And, uh, and uh, you know, we don't, we're on Cape Cod. We don't get uh, direct TV and we don't get the NFL network. So uh, uh, there's, there's, there's some things lacking here where I don't watch every game. Are you a fair weather father in law? <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, you know, I spend time with my grandkids, uh, and do different things. Uh, you know, I've coached football all my life. I'd, you know, if you're on the sideline and one thing, but you're sitting in that chair, it's something else, and uh, you have no control whatsoever about what's going on. So, uh, it can be very difficult. So, coach, what what was it like when you first figured out that Sarah was going to be dating a coach? You know, somebody that was going to get into the same line of work that you did. Is that, you, you understood all of the sacrifice and how much hours you do. What was the emotional uh, emotions when you first kind of got wind that that was what was going to happen? You know, plus, you know, plus the fact, you know, dealing with guys like Mark Tauscher and, and then the media yep. like yourself. But, uh, um, you know, co- coaching is an honorable profession. It's a tough profession. Uh you get to build tremendous relationships. I mean, uh, you know, Tosh and I haven't, you know, really, other than a couple Hall of Fame uh, dinners up at uh, Lambeau, uh, haven't spent much time together, but, yeah, we can both pick up the phone, call, and uh, resurrect old stories and uh, and whatnot. So uh, uh, it's a unique profession, no question. It's not for everybody. It's not for every wife. I mean, fortunately for Sarah, uh, she went through it with her mom, and her mom did a great job uh, keeping things in play. I mean, you know, driving the kids here, there, and everywhere, uh, and me coming home late at night, and so forth and so on. So she had a good teacher with her mother, and, uh, and uh, you know, she, she knew what she was getting into. You know, Mike, so from- can, you, can you take us inside? I, I read the story this week about when Zach was talking about going to ask your permission and i thought it was hilarious how it all played out can you kind of did you know when he called you that he was flying in how did that all play out well i knew he was flying in and uh, there's only two reasons why one would be a career-related uh conversation and then the other one would be a marital conversation and so uh when he came into the facility, um, I was talking to, believe it or not, I was actually sat down at lunch with some reporters. I, I did that down in Houston because they had a good group of guys down there. But anyways, uh, with, the, with the Texans. But anyways, because um, I don't remember ever having a lunch with you, uh, well, to be honest with you. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm sitting out talking with him. I saw Zach walk in, uh, and the cafeteria there is not very big, and a lot of players are sitting down in the chairs, and he felt completely completely out of place, which I enjoy tremendously, to put him in the uh, in that position previous to visit with him. So he came over to me. I said, yeah, Zach, I'll talk to you in a minute, and I continue my conversation uh, with the media and then also uh, with a couple players and kind of gave him the cold shoulder. Um, I didn't know he had, a, he had a flight to catch in about an hour and 40 minutes, I guess, and uh, went over to him at the end of that, and, uh, you know, trying to – See what he was up to, and so we sat down. And he, you know, he proceeded to ask me um, for my hand in marriage, and uh, I think I 
I said, no, you know, and uh, would you, uh, this is a, would you abide by my wishes? I can't remember, but that would be something I would do. And, uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, he, uh, he, he asked me and I said, well, you know, uh, it's a tough life uh, coaching. And I'm not even sure at that point he was geared up about coaching. They were talking about fundraising up at the University of Nebraska. And so, um, so we, you know, we talked for about 15 minutes, and then he he left, and uh, he actually jumped. He couldn't get into the facility, so he jumped the fence, I guess, going, coming in and going out, and uh, then made his, made time to the airport and uh, got on his flight and back to Lincoln, Nebraska. And then he coached for you, right? You you hired him. Well, yeah. Um, you know, after they got married, uh, we were still down in Houston and uh, with the Texans and. Uh, I was getting ready to uh, he um, you know I remember he and Sarah said that when we had a conversation and uh, I said yeah you know, I mean you can come and be a graduate assistant for me and uh, you know he had been the all, the, the all Big 12 uh, offensive player of the year and uh, been up with Tampa for a short time and then he went to uh, uh, Canada for but anyways uh, I don't think that was all that exciting and but I be on the field, you have to. You're going to be in the office uh, to other guys because back then they had GAs two on the field, two off the field. It, it made more sense than what online. But uh, we coached. But anyways, uh, I don't think they were all that thrilled with that. But um, at the end of the day, that's what he ended up doing. And then he did a great job in the office. And then when he got on the field, you know, he, he actually learned. Uh, more about you know blocking and uh, you know offensive line play and so forth and so on because he's working with the tight ends. He spent all his time with the tight ends and he was a graduate assistant working on his master's at the same time and getting a stipend uh, from the university. So so it all worked out well. So he was there with me for four years, three years on the field, and then it went to Miami with me as well. And uh, he was assistant quarterback coach to start with. Uh, obviously, he had a relationship from A&M with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, so that kind of worked out. Then he used him to be in the uh, the quarterback coach you know, relatively quickly. And then uh, uh, that was it. That was uh, that was our time together. Then he, he was off on his own. Fairweather father-in-law Mike Sherman on Wilde and Tausch. You've been very funny so far. I do want to state for the record, I have had lunch with you. You also held my firstborn when she was a baby, and you came to my home. So I think I think we've spent was, some quality that was time. A t- that, that was a that was a tough home delivery too. I'm to be honest with you. That was. <laughs> I couldn't believe your wife let us do that, but that was that was a tough deal there. So, uh, in all in all seriousness, I do remember while covering you that I used to talk about how you coached kind of like a dad. Like there would be times when you would be, you know, uh, make those connections with your players. And Tausch was telling a story about a team meeting in Detroit when you guys were struggling and how much that moment meant to you. And you could also be the stern dad who got after guys when they needed it as well. I do wonder, though, because you mentioned something earlier, and I know Sarah with the kids, and, and I see her Instagram posts, and, and I know what Karen went through as a, as a wife to you. Was it hard to be a coach and not get to spend as much time as you would have liked with your kids as they were growing up? And, and you are such a proud grandpa now. 
Are you making up for lost time a little bit as best you can because of that? You know, Wilde, you ask a question. By the time you get done, I forget what you yeah, ask. it's long. Uh, oh, it's long. It is. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you, Coach, it, it is to decipher what he actually is doing, like from the start, and he always kind of butters you up a little bit, and then he kind of oh, no comes doubt. at you, and it's, that's, his, that's his way of doing it. Yeah. I don't know what the question was. No question. Was. <laughs> no, it has something to do with my daughter uh, on Instagram and uh, missing out uh, as a dad because you're coaching. Missing did I miss, out did as I a miss dad. Out? Well, well, one one thing I always did, no matter where I was, I always try to, I always try to buy a house close to the stadium. And uh, when I was in Green Bay, um, my kids used to. Uh, my two boys, actually, more than my girls, would come to the stadium, and uh, we're in Houston. We only live two miles from uh, Reliant, from Reliant, and uh, so uh, we always try to live fairly close to. Uh, I always try to get a house fairly close to the stadium, so it wouldn't be much for my wife or my kids to come by and see me or, talk, or to have lunch with me or dinner with me. So and that happened quite often. You know, it's it's a it's a question I have asked my kids. I mean, do you feel like you were slighted at all? And the only thing they said was uh, nothing. Not so much because I made most of their games and uh, that they participated in in, in in junior high and high school. Uh, they were fine with that, and, and they, you know, I think the biggest challenge they had was moving around, um, which I don't think people realize what families go through in relationship to coaching, and uh, and you know, it's not really a stable environment all the time, and so. Um, uh, but I think moving around, but they they claim that made them more aggressive uh, and and more outgoing uh, as a person, and so depends on the day you ask them whether it was good or not good. But most of the time, they they were very happy with the way things worked and um, and, and didn't have too many complaints. So. Coach, you know, we've, it's all, everything in Green Bay is about Aaron Rodgers, just like, you know, it was always about Mike Flanagan and Brett Favre whenever it was the Mike Sherman era. What, when, when you're Wait, looking I'm back a, you at forget, your time, You forgot oh, Amon Green. Green, Green in yeah, I, do, I do forget Amon. Your, <laughs> your favorite son was Amon, and then it was uh, Flanagan. But what how about, is, the, can how you about just, the time it, you put Sherman on the back? She put the name Sherman on the back of his jersey. Went out to practice, didn't know my name was on the back of his jersey. Like we related. Yeah, that was Remember his worst that? practice he ever had too. It's it was weird. I don't know why that. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Yeah. But with with Rogers and all the discussion of how important the franchise quarterback is, can you? You had it. You know, you had Tannehill. You you know, obviously with Favre. Just, I keep coming back to when you have that guy, and you you know I you put up with a lot of stuff with Favre, you put up a lot of stuff when you have that kind of talent. Can you, if you were in that position right now, you're going to do everything in your power to keep that guy, right? Or am I crazy? No, you uh, you know he's uh, he's a very unique talent. There's no question about that, and. Uh, you, they're very, very difficult to find, and you can look at the, the teams that aren't weren't in the playoffs this year, and look at the teams and that are in the Super Bowl. And uh, uh, there's a, you know, obviously um, the common denominator is you know having a, having a quarterback who can uh, win games for you. And uh, it seems like every single year we put more and more emphasis on the quarterback and the job he has to do to win football games. So, uh, but yeah, I think if you have that guy, it's hard to go out and find him. So if you have him, you want to keep him. 
Let me ask a couple of uh, concise questions before we let you go, Mike. First of all, okay. what is the challenge as a coach of having a great quarterback who also maybe is demanding and you have to treat differently, not not the same as you treat other players and they're demanding people? What are the challenges for a coach to deal with that? Because you dealt with it with Brett. Well, uh, you can't – you, you, what I used to say to the players, you don't treat everybody the same because they're not the same, but you're going to be fair to everybody. And so uh, I think just being fair and honest and truthful and transparent uh, as much as you possibly can, and it's not a profession where transparency is uh, is prevalent, but uh, you know, to be as honest as you can with players, that's what they – they say they want some do and some don't. Some, you know, when you give them uh, true honesty, they don't appreciate it sometimes if it's not truthful. But overall, players want you to be honest with them and tell them the truth. And and I think if you stay by that uh, guideline, you, you, you're going to have pretty good success. Um, you know, I have a lot of admiration for the for your GM at Gutekinds. I was there when he was there. I knew he'd become a general manager someday. Uh, I think he's very, very talented. He, I think he's done a great job of putting the Packer team together. Um, and he seems like a very honest person to me. And it's, it's nice to see that he and uh, uh, and and Rogers have have come together and seem to be on the same page. And that's good. That's good that they they voice their opinion to each other and and can talk to each other. Um, but I, I think being honest is, is if I'm answering the question, I forget right now. But being honest is uh, is very critical to you know. And, and again, you know, there's, there's a line that you can't cross either. I mean, there's thing you know, but uh, but you have to be as honest as you possibly can. Uh, you can't blame me for forgetting what the question was that time. That was actually short for me. Here's another one. Um, you allowed toward the end of your tenure for Favre to not come to most of the offseason. He had that trainer down in Mississippi, and he didn't come for the OTAs. Rodgers is now saying that that's what he wants to be able to do as well. Was that the right decision then, and how do you go about deciding if that's a good idea or not? I'll be honest with you. I don't remember that. I don't remember it that way. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember him. I remember he left early one time and asked permission to. Look, but I don't remember him missing anything. To be honest with you, so that's out of my memory. So, okay. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, huh? Yeah. No, it it happened. I don't. I'm telling you, I don't think that happened. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to fight with you. I always, I always admired. You sure wasn't Tasha you talking about. I always admired uh, the fact that he he never asked me. There was one time that he left early uh, in a preseason game that that was a was a tough thing. Oh, hey coach, you have to tell that story. Can you give us the unedited? Because we all as players knew what happened, but can you tell that story? Because it is legendary and it has lived on for now, now the fact nobody plays in the preseason it's not as big of a deal and so what's your question what are you asking me can you tell the can story? you tell that story and what you ended well, up uh, how you ended up handling it 
Well, you know, we were. I think it was our last preseason game, and Brett wasn't going to play in the second. Basically, I think he only played about eight play, eight plays in the game, and then, then we got rained on, and, and it was postponed uh, for an, a long period of time. Uh, yes. Back, you know, we really played terribly in the first half and the second half. Maybe a little bit better in the second half. Preseason. At the, at the end of the game, I'm looking. I want to talk to Brett before we, you know, before we break, because everybody's leaving ahead, head home for for the weekend because it was our last game, and then the coaches were going to put the game plan together. But uh, uh, number four wasn't at his locker at the time, and uh, <laughs> going to be found. And, he might have been. I don't want to make any accusations this late in the <laughs> in our careers, but oh, he there might be a chance he that he was. There might be a chance he was over Lambo that I was looking for him in the locker. True, but I'm, I can't vouch on that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, he was one of a kind. That's for sure. Mike, enjoy the Super Bowl. I assume you'll watch the Super Bowl. Actually, uh, heading out there tomorrow. Uh, I'm going out there uh, tomorrow, and uh, my grandkids will be out there. And uh, I told Sarah, watch them if you want me to. But uh, she said, no, they're coming to the game to watch the Super Bowl. So um, Karen and I, my wife, are going to go out there tomorrow about noontime. Safe travels from Cape Cod, and enjoy watching when they weren't very good, but watching them now, which is great. And and we're just we're thrilled whenever you make time for us. And even if you want to say that Mike Flanagan and Amon Green and Brett Favre were your favorites, we know the truth uh, about, about the truth about me. But be that as it may, enjoy the Super Bowl and enjoy Zach and Sarah's success and everything else that you've got going on, Grandpa. It's been awesome. Well, all right, all right guys. We'll see you later. Thank you. That is former Packers coach, and I'm, I mean, come on, not watching his son-in-law's team when they were bad and jumping on the so bandwagon now? Just wait a second. Are you saying that about Dick Bennett then, too? Dick Bennett couldn't watch? Nah, Dick Bennett explained why he couldn't watch. Mike Sherman no, flat out said that his team was bad, so he didn't it, it, watch. I mean, he's in Cape Cod. He's not in Antarctica. Cape I think he could get Cape access Quad. to television. We'll talk more about our conversation with Mike Sherman next. It's Will D. Tesh.